We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you Tuesday morning. It's December 19th. I thought it was a pretty awesome game last night in Miami. Uh, we'll get to on today's show. A really fun and competitive fourth quarter against the Heat. Wolves came out on top 112 108. They're now 20 and 5. Jace, you know that's a better win percentage than the San Francisco 49ers. No, I hadn't thought of it. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that either. I got Jason though. Uh, makes sense that, you know, if you doubled up, somebody would have to be like 11 and two right now to have a better win percentage than yeah. the Wolves. But uh, it's yeah, just you're on, not you're that on, common. You're on it. You're on it. You're yeah, on there it. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I was going to say, I thought your win percentage, I thought we we're going to go to some historical NBA team. It's like, nope, we're going current NFL. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, yeah. Well, I'm officially like putting a fork in my uh, watching the NFL. Because I'm out of it in fantasy. And oh, so, okay. So this is it. This is the last football yes, reference on the NBA podcast for, for Dana's the, the dumbest fantasy football league. Shut he up, thinks is they don't play playoffs. It's just overall record at the end of the year. Like so yeah, everybody's probably probably done by now. Probably it's probably like down to two teams with like three weeks left. It's like cool, that's fun. I will make the argument for that another time. Playoffs are stupid. Playoffs are stupid in nope. fantasy. All fantasy football's luck. It should be luck. That's fine. That's part of the fun. Yeah, that's we, we've argued about this before. Yeah, I have Jace Frederick here, Wolves beat writer from the Pioneer Press. Um, let's kind of do this game in reverse. Uh, start with the fourth quarter there. I think there was a ton of things that happened, a ton of positive things the Wolves did. Kind of everybody uh, got involved. You want to just kind of go back and forth of things that uh, stood out to us were impactful uh, for, for that win there. You have one on the top of your board that sticks out. I think I have two at the top of my board, um, but I'll start with Carl. Um, I think okay. I, I think with Cat, it was what impressed me most was that in like key moments and like guarded by Jimmy Butler. And I know Wolves fans would be like, "Ooh, Carl got the best of Jimmy Butler." It's like sure, um, but it was for me. It was like the way that he did it in that he's guarded by Butler, who's like you know whether Carl never meant it or not, but like that has that has to mean quite a bit extra to him, and he didn't just try to like take over the game 
or like try to show anything up on Butler, try to do anything like that. His emotions were in check the entire time watching him play um, in those final five minutes. And he was just making like the smart plays. Um, yeah. He gets the ball with like 330 left and comes around. Basically, it's like a basically dribble handoff type thing. And then he just dumps off to Ant for like a wide open dunk. Um, and then, you know, we saw the jumper like that was a pretty simple move. Like Jimmy, I think felt some contact and tried to flop. And then uh, Carl just knocks down the jumper, very controlled. And just before that, he had just had a drive to the hoop. That wasn't like any flailing or anything and just drew a foul. Just, it was a side out, but that led to that. And then obviously the rebound, like is getting the rebound. Um, and then it was just like, not like instantly I'm going up, not like I'm going to put my back into you here and just try to force something up. It was like taking his time, reading the floor. I just think like, if Carl is going to play like that and use his abilities in the most controlled way in a situation that usually you would think would probably lead him to be emotional and sure. like the, the straight voltage, all that kind of stuff. And if he's going to be that calm and collected and controlled and make the right decisions every time in that environment, in a tight game, big time opponent against like, you know, the guy that paired with him. Yeah. For his, yeah. for, you know, for the last five years, like that's huge. I think that mm -hmm. is huge. I think that, that's the type of thing that gives you confidence, more confidence that maybe he is turning a more legitimate corner. And even if like things get tight in like the playoffs, yeah. that's an instance of like, if he plays like that in the playoffs, he will be a much better playoff player than he's been in the past. Um, and that was just really, really good. I thought of like playing the game exactly the way it should be played um, in circumstances where he absolutely would not have done so in the past. Yeah, it totally gets like the arrow up in the belief of Carl in the playoffs, right? Which, you know, we got, obviously all of that is you got to get there. You got to see it, all, all these things. What does it look like in the playoffs? But it's it's these type of matchups. It's those type of situations um, where the answer isn't getting frazzled. The answer is calming down. Um, I was actually, that, that's funny you kind of bring that up. I, I was thinking about the Denver series when I was going back and watching the fourth quarter uh, this morning because I pulled up just like the fourth quarter box and Cat has two points and, Ant has 10 and I, right. I like you look at that box score and it looks like Ant was the MVP of the fourth quarter and Ant, Ant played well in the fourth. But like to me, offensively, I thought Carl was was super important. Obviously, Rudy will talk about defensively, but I'm thinking about the Denver series because Ant got off because they put Josh Richard, Josh Richardson on Ant and not and they slid Jimmy Butler over to Cat. Right, right. And and that is much like. We talked about this during the Denver series where I think Aaron Gordon was the best matchup for both Cat and for Ant. For sure. They obviously chose the bigger player to guard the bigger player uh, in, in both of those situations. But one of the biggest and I think most fair knocks on Cat's career thus far is how much has he elevated another teammate, right? You kind of go through it, Wig, D'Lo, whoever, Jeff Teague. Like, who who's the guy? What is it that cat's game did other than just being a great shooter and an overall just good player what are specific things he did to unlock more for another teammate and this is consistently becoming a thing where teams often choose maybe based on size to put their better defender on cat which opens up more for ant to be able to kind of get the exact sort of fourth quarter that you want ant leads the way in scoring rudy's dominant defensively cat has a muted box score kind of, but you would argue he was, as you just did, maybe the uh, most impactful player on the offensive side of the floor there in that fourth quarter. So yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was two points, but it like, and then the two assists were literally like two 
dunks. Like, yeah. and got a walk-in dunk. Uh, and hey, it was Rudy literally gets, dunks. Gets, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was Rudy dunks. gets a lob dunk. You know, yeah. like, so it's basically like, yep, Carl does, all, Carl does the work on that and you score. Uh, it's just, think of all the times in the past where, like, Carl would have had 10 points in the fourth and like, it's great. They might've lost whatever. Um, but what Chris Finch said after the game, like he's like just winning plays. It's like, how often, how long have we been waiting for Carl to make just winning plays? Like in where you see some other like stars do it and you watch the game and it's like, yeah, they scored, but they did this and this. And that yeah. was like pretty huge. And last night, Carl was making in like the crunch time, like, the winning place um, and doing so in, in, in not a wild manner, not just like trying to draw fouls or whatever. Like it was just very controlled. And like, I understand why teams put the better defender on Carl yeah. because Ant is going to score. He's going to get his, um, but like, even like that turn on jumper, yeah, it was great. Like that's a tough shot. <laughs> like teams are like fine. Like I'd be like, I'm fine giving that up because some nights, you know what? Some nights it's gonna go three for nineteen, like he did in Dallas. Because like he's hitting a bunch of tough shots. Some nights those aren't gonna go. It's like it's more like an as an opposing team, you'll take your chances. Like it, you're on that where like if you have Carl against a lesser defender, um, so often it's like it, it looks so easy. Um, yeah. like he's going to top if it's single coverage. right by you. Yeah. Yes, exactly mm -hmm. right. And it, and when you have Ant on the court, it has to be single coverage for pretty sure. much. Um, mm -hmm. so like. Now I'm definitely if I'm saying we're single covering both, I'm gonna put my better one on Carl because like it feels really helpless when he is up against a lesser defender and just kind of scoring at will. Um where like ants, it's like he might go off for 14, but it feels more like a dice roll where like, well, he easily could have. No, that's that that's know, well put. It, yeah, it's like Ant uh, so Ant was five for seven in the fourth, over two from three, made all five of his twos of I don't know, well, three or four of those like mid-range jumpers contested tough ones on you know one on richardson was was really difficult it has this like the three for 19s happen but it's he does this a lot too so it's we're somewhere in the aggregate is the average right but i i, I think i kind of agree with that like a cat one-on-one -on -one isolation without help or a double is probably cleaner offense there a pick and pop where Carl takes the three and it's against the lesser defender. So they're not all the way out there. Like the value of that shot or those plays is greater than Ant, you know, taking a fade, fading mid range jump shot against two players who are like kind of in there to contest that shot because it's congested in there. Um, you need, you know, you need both of it. Like, right. Because Carl's yeah. is going to get taken away and Ant's going to miss sometimes. You need, you need both of those things. Um, and, and you need, you need other players too. uh, let's maybe move over to other players. Uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, this fourth quarter stuff, man. Like, I, I don't know. Can you like get in a rhythm as a defender? I, I feel like when I'm watching Rudy Gobert in the fourth quarters defensively, it's like when Steph just has it going in a fourth quarter. And it's just those like weird looking kind of push threes that you just feel like are going to go in. I mean, it's kind of weird because the beginning of the game, like Rudy didn't look good defensively. Yeah, yeah. But he can like lock into this, this level defensively in the fourth that I don't know. Isn't that like, I, I agree with you, but like, you know, like listening to Rudy's post game comments and stuff and like Finch, it's, you really do kind of wonder if it's like, when Rudy looks not as good, um, like he did in the first half of the Miami game, is it because everybody else isn't playing physically enough? You know, like, I mean, yeah. how much of that comes? Because, like, Tyler Hero in the first half, it's like, yeah, Rudy looks not like he's making a big impact. It's like Tyler Hero was turning the corner on Jaden, like, with ease. I mean, with sure. just nothing. So now it's like, it's again back to last year where it's like, well, now a guy's coming in full head of steam and he is 
and he's obviously telling here is a very good scorer and is comfortable in that, you know, even in that five to eight foot range. But like when you don't have to work to get there now, it's kind of like an unfair fight of like somebody coming downhill and, and they can do whatever they want. Rudy's just kind of has like one play and it's, yeah. I'll just go straight up. We're like when when the Wolves play with more physicality, like they did as a team in the fourth, which is what they always should do because they know they have Rudy back there, like be physical. Mm-hmm. Um, now that player is coming and does not have like their full bag available uh, right. because they have somebody's right on their hip and and they had to work to get there and whatnot. So I happen to wonder, I'm like, sometimes it does feel like, yeah, Rudy struggled in the first half and was dominant in the second half. It's like, maybe he's the same player and everybody else around him is playing better or more locked in in the fourth quarter. And now all of a sudden that just exponentially um, just advances like Rudy's impact. But I mean, well, cause you see like when they do that, like Rudy becomes this force that is just, Mm-hmm. like you just can't go in there i mean you just like if <laughs> like if you're going in there at anything less than like full speed or whatever like yeah. anything less than full decisiveness uh yeah, you might nothing. like sneak one by him like maybe just because he like misses on the swing of the block or something but for the most part like he's there and yeah. and for him to be there in that game i was impressed um because bam did have that little pop mid-range thing going yeah yeah and that that's like I think Minnesota did a good job settling for like being like, yeah, okay, we're going to contest that. But like Rudy's smart enough to think I know, like that's like a one point per possession proposition right there. That shot, like you're going to make 50% of those. Mm -hmm. um, And like, obviously sometimes you just need it as a bucket as an offense. But like, if if you can relegate Miami to just taking those um, over time, you got to take your chances. I wonder if that was an adjustment, like at halftime where they're like, Hey, you know, cause I do remember, I think Bam hit like, two of those in three possessions and then uh, I was just watching probably the second quarter or something. And, and then I'm watching and somebody just like went all the way to the basket in a, in a scenario in which Rudy normally goes and at least contests that shot. Right. I think, you know, maybe they were like, Hey, you know, we need to shut off the rim first. And, and then, and I think like, that's also maybe if you're Rudy, if they've been going to that throughout the game, you kind of get a comfort of, okay, what is that distance I'm covering now? Bam's at 15 feet. How far can I go to contest the rim and know that I can still get back um, to contest some of those to contest some of those bam shots? I think I do think he got in some sort of a rhythm or a comfort in the game, and I, I think the answer is both, right? I think the players right, play right. more physically. Rudy got in a rhythm, understood what they were going to because he really did, you know, shut Bam down. Bam took that like weird running hook shot at one point. At the at the end of the fourth quarter, just because he was like, "This is kind of all I can get up over." Yeah, uh, go bear here. Um, yeah, I just it's it's fun to watch. Like I really enjoy good game fourth quarters that the Wolves like play. I, I, just, I, I was thinking last night. It's like I used to watch a lot of league pass because when I was watching, used to watch the Wolves. They never played games like this. Yeah, like, yeah these yeah. are like the fun type of NBA yeah, games, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, that the, and that's, the Wolves and, are playing, and, and this is what like I I've been saying this for like a week and a half, and people like get annoyed by it or whatever. But I'm like, <laughs> it sucks that we just never get best on best in the NBA. Like, there's always somebody out, or somebody's always on a back to back, and they're like, well, you have to play who's in front of him. Like, I'm not knocking Minnesota yeah. for winning games. I'm not. I'm saying it sucks that we never get to see it. And people are like, I'm because how fun complain. was last night? Yeah, and be like, I'm not going to complain if the other team's best players out. It's like yeah. that you watch sports. <laughs> to have to like enjoy the experience and i know everybody like you know like fans just want their team to win and then that's the best or whatever but like think of how much more enjoyable it is to watch a great basketball game 
Mm-hmm. And if your team wins at the end of it, awesome. You know, like that's the cherry on top. But like watching two really good teams, the more we can get that, the better. Like it was yeah. such a rarity, like last night's game. It's like one of the best games you've seen in a long time, especially in the regular like, period. season. Like not, not yeah. just not just Wolves game. Like that's, yes, regular season yeah. games. Like one of the better ones I've seen in a long time. Like mm-hmm. I think everybody should root for more of those. You know, yeah. like and and you find out more about the team, and the team probably grows more than they do in other things. Like it's I agree great. It's great to be like. No letdowns, you know, like mm-hmm. they've done a great job beating the teams they're supposed to be. Yeah. They've done that 12 times this year, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like it, at some point it's like, yeah, that they do that, you know, like it's they, right. they don't not much left to prove there. Like I want to watch them play good teams um, and have entertaining games and all these types of things. See fun matchups like that's what I want because the end product is so good. Like last night was just two two hours of fun. You know, like that's any sports fan. I do not understand why that's not what you want. Well, and I got to imagine if you're like in the front office, too, or in the coach, the coaching staff, like rewatching the film today, like you're like, oh, my God, so glad we had this. Yeah. Yeah. This is (laughs) this is so much better. We can use this to be so much more productive in our growth or just the experience that that experience for Carl in the fourth quarter of that of being like, hey, you scored two points in the fourth quarter, but you were maybe our best slash most impactful player. That's such a valuable thing to be able to, to, to give to Carl. And, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, whatever. It just kind of is what it is with the NBA right now that, that that this isn't going to be the case all the time. It's kind of, it's just a flaw of the product. And I know you can point out like the NFL too and be like, well, look at all the quarterbacks that are hurt. It just happens. But like in the, no, NBA, it is, it's, but it it's, is breaking my it, football rule, but it's, it's kind of like watching the Vikings Bengals game. Yes. When yep. It's two backup quarterbacks. Yeah. You, know, you wish it was Kirk like. Cousins versus Joe Burrow. Like, and exactly. I think everybody should root for that. You know, like we just mm-hmm. want to watch the best players play. Uh, but yeah, but Rudy in general, like just dominated. I mean, even Spolstra was like, it just, when you, it's makes offense harder. Like you have to be so precise time and time again. Um, yeah. You know, because you're still kind of trying to get in there, but then you have to make a perfect decision when you're in there of like, what's the best thing to do here? And like, Rudy just like makes you make two extra passes um, against aggressive defense, which is more likely to lead to a bad possession. Like it just is kind of that simple. Yeah. Taking away the easiest thing and being like, okay, you're going to have to do two more correct things to get to something good. Um, Yeah. It's, it's that that makes offense three times harder or whatever. Um, and you're just more likely to have a successful win ratio for the defense in those situations. I was almost surprised at how much they went to bam. I think it was kind of an easy outlet, uh, that everybody else kind of settled to last night. Like I think Jaden low key was doing a good job on hero too. Until in the second half, for sure. Yeah. In the second Mm -hmm. half, he's doing a much better job. Uh, and, and Butler, like part of Butler is like, if you can get play in tight on him and he can't, and getting to the rim isn't like a real big outlet because Gobert's there. Like that's a person who life gets tougher for, um, Mm -hmm. For sure, when there's a Rudy Gobert in there, like so, I think they just kind of settled for like Bam as the outlet of like, well, we get this offense, we can take this. Well, they're they're trying, but to, that's such a win for Minnesota. I think. Yeah, they're trying to get that those Jimmy switches onto Conley, and the Wolves were fighting that well. Conley yep. is small, and that would have been a problem if they were able to enter it to Jimmy in that situation. He probably scores, but Conley knew that that's what it was going to be, and he got into his little like blocking stance with yeah, both hands yeah. and he was like all right i'm keeping you off the spot as long yep. as i can here right and um it's why i watched like right before the wolves game i watched that heat game uh against chicago their their mm-hmm. last game and it was the exact where jimmy hits the the game winner in that one it was the same thing they just well, they were going the same thing trying to get jimmy switched on, or kobe white switched on kobe to white, jimmy yeah and and it was jimmy took over doing that so that was another uh just 
small thing where you broke up what the opponent was was trying to get to, and it involved uh, another player that wasn't Ant, Cat, or or Rudy uh, doing that. Let's keep going with a, a couple more of those, but grab our uh, first break here. Today's show is brought to you by Falling Knife Brewing Company, and uh, we want to let you know that Falling Knife is having uh, a New Year's Eve party. Uh, they call it New Year's Early. I know uh, we advertised for this last year, and a lot of Wolves fans went to it. Kind of like this idea. It's uh, they celebrate like the ball dropping at eight o'clock, and so you you go. It's more like a happy hour turned into like a late happy hour, and by eight p.m. that's like midnight uh, of the of the New Year's Eve party, and by ten o'clock the the brewery shuts down, so you can get a cheap Uber home. Uh, or whatever there. So that's New Year's early. It's all you can drink and all you can eat from Toma Grill uh, for $85. So it'd be fun. I think it'd be uh, a, a lot of people there, but also probably uh, a lot of Wolves fans. And then just also, this is a big week of <clears throat> of Wolves games over uh, at Falling Knife too. Obviously, we had the, the Heat game on Monday, but Wednesday against the Sixers, that might be another uh, fun game there as well. Maybe both teams at full strength. I haven't really looked at that yet. Wolves Lakers on Thursday. If you're not going to Target Center, or uh, or Saturday, uh, they'll be open as well, and they'll be staying open late for the 9 p.m. start of Wolves versus Kings. So, Falling Knife Brewing Company. Uh, if you're looking for a place to go this week to watch the Wolves games, or keep in mind uh, New Year's early, you can find the link to that New Year's early. Uh, by going to Falling Knife's Instagram page, which I would just recommend following. It's at FKBC. The the link is on the Instagram page there, and you can buy tickets uh, for that there. All right, Chase, let's uh, let's maybe keep moving through. I think there's more pieces, maybe smaller ones, uh, to to that fourth quarter. Do you have another one, or you want me to go? Uh, I'll go. I mean, I, I just think, like, it feels good to have been right about Nikhil Alexander Walker, like being such a high impact player. I yeah. mean, like it just in, incredibly. So like, like it, it probably doesn't get talked about enough, just how good he is defensively. Like, I mean, just it because doesn't. it is always like, well, you got Jaden out there and then people like to give Ant credit because he is a good on ball defender and he's just like a star player. Uh, but Nikhil is, I mean, he's really close. I think with Jaden, as far as like, we're especially right now, we're like Jaden Rye hasn't been at 100% for much of this season, but like just general impact right now, like Nikhil mm-hmm. is right there. I mean, he, he, and the pressure with which he plays, it makes it so much harder to get into your stuff, so much harder to be comfortable, like forcing turnovers and whatnot. Like, I just, the tone he sets, um, is incredible. Like, I tweeted this out last night, like, opponents, so usually covering the other team's best player, uh, and opponents are shooting sub 40% on him this year. That's wow. just like, it's, it's the best number on the team among like all rotation players. Like, He's he's just so good on a nightly basis. Like he, I mean, after like that slow start out of the gates, he has just been remarkable um, all year. And there it is, like the estimated defensive plus minus. Like it's the top of the charts above Rudy Gobert, ninety um, eighth percentile. And the kill Alexander Walker in defensive estimated plus minus, like the fifth best defensive player in the league. It, it's very much like it's like Alex Caruso, you know, yeah, who, who yeah. made like first team out defense last year. And I don't know. I mean, Nikhil started a handful of games, but it's like. It's the what where you're on like the number one team in the West and you play defense like this all year. You start, you know, maybe somebody gets hurt and you end up starting like 28 games, something like that. It's it's not crazy to say that he could be, uh, you know, an all defensive team player. 
right it, it really isn't and and we're now he won't be because of voting just it's it's a voting mm-hmm. thing and not everybody watches every game but i don't and, get it like what would be the difference between him and caruso last year like caruso point. probably I think started more often caruso played for the lakers at some point yeah people are just more aware of him Frank, let me just be honest like yeah. just more of a name out there like Nikhil alexander walker i think there's still a lot of people who'd be like i'm, I'm not sure who he plays for is it is and it, and i don't know if they would know that Probably his most valuable element to this team yes, is, is the defense. Defensive stalwart. I mean, yeah. you, you just know that not everybody knows about, like the media doesn't all know about this guy because like in the postseason, that Thunder playing game, he was dominant over SGA. And then uh, in the Denver series, like Jamal Murray had some games, but he gave him like, it was a, just an incredible battle between those two. And then like, and then free agency comes and Bruce Brown, <laughs> who's a really good, Bruce Brown's a really good player, but he gets 22 million and Nikhil Alexander-Walker is not that much worse than Bruce Brown and he gets four, you know, yep. like that just shows you like how is media supposed to know when he is when apparently a lot of front offices didn't watch the playoffs that the Wolves were in either. So like, that's, that's why crazy. I don't think these awards are like really up there for him, but mm-hmm. locally, like everybody should understand the impact. Yeah. Like, he has been outstanding, like just an outstanding player and does exactly what's asked of him, plays perfectly in a role. Like even at times where it does look like he could take on even a little bit more too. Like mm-hmm. he just, he's, he's doing everything with like such a, grit and purpose and smart as well like he is a total package defender i think he's an excellent player so and and just like yeah the, the type of player you love to watch play defense you go that makes me tired watching yeah i mean the, yeah. the scramble doesn't stop the box house it, it's it, it, it's he does it, and he does it without getting in as much foul trouble like it really is pretty impressive yeah he's got he's got this one a lot right the, yeah the, he does well he's figured, he's thing, figured yeah. it out you yeah. know like i mean and and he's and on the perimeter like he's literally just as aggressive as like anybody else you yeah. know like and mm-hmm. and but just puts his hands away at the right time i don't know um but can we do the thing that at the point of attack like the main scorer on another team is a smaller guard wing i i'm waiting for the game where Nikhil gets that job and we see what Jaden looks like off ball like yeah, yeah, it, it's Jaden every time, man. It's like right. they put they put Jaden on McConnell in the that pace. Yeah, you know, I, it, I would just go like like the quick if it's a small, quick, quick player, like a player who literally just thrives largely on quickness. Yeah. Like I would put Nikhil on them every time. If it's Jimmy, it's got to be Jaden, right? Like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. But, sure, but yeah, yeah, we're saying the we're saying if, the same thing. If it's even more physicality, but Nikhil like is I don't know what it is, but he manages to be a little bit more physical with the quick player. Um, which I think is, you know, kind of negates it to some degree. It's also the offense is, is sticking out to me. I always remain skeptical about the consistency of what that three-point shot is. But uh, Jim has been saying it on the broadcast a bunch. He's just like keeping it simple. Like even like the dribble moves into like. Yeah, yeah. Three. It's just simple. Dribble. It's a, it's he has right, no it's problem clean. doing the one dribble over when he's in the corner. Somebody's mm-hmm. closing out one dribble over shooting it. And it's full confidence. Like that, that was a I, huge one. And the fourth quarter. Yeah. That yep. was the first bucket yeah, of the huge. fourth quarter, you know? And, and then I think, I think there's some playmaking stuff in there too. Um, I'd like to, you know, I, I think he's got like another level in offensive playmaking. If maybe he can get like a little floater game when he's going downhill, a little bit more control with his finishing package around there. But um think it was the end of the first quarter right where he had that dime to Nas at the at the very end of the quarter you remember that yeah I think it was first quarter yeah and first quarter and I remember uh cat or Ant and Conley were both off the floor and it's like one of those where you're like trading two for one situations for like a while 
And so like Cat tried to go quick to score. Then Miami tried to go quick to score. And there's like 14 seconds left. And and you're like, okay, well, it's one shot here for the Wolves. What are we going to do? And and your options are like, okay, we could go to a Cat isolation again uh, where Miami knows that and they're just going to load up on it, right? And they're going to make Cat make a difficult running sort of shot. And instead, they just had Nikhil playmake. And he kind of like got to the nail and he found... He had like Troy Brown on the left wing and he had Nas cutting to the basket underneath there and he found him. And it's like they need a little bit more playmaking uh, in this team, particularly if Ant and Mike are both uh, off the floor. That's just like getting Nikhil in that area is getting like 1% better to me every single game. And, well, we talk all the time about does this team need a you know backup point guard? What, what happens with the non-Conley minutes? What happens if Conley gets hurt? Like. I'm growing in my belief that like Nikhil, if, if Mike had to miss like 10 games that you could survive better than I thought you did. And a lot of that to me has to do uh, with Nikhil Alexander Walker offensively and what he's doing there. I just, I think the second unit is like all of those guys who are playing now, um, Troy Brown Jr., Nas Reed, Nikhil, like I think they're all playing a little bit more confidently offensively. Um, Like there's just not much hesitation. Like when they have a shot right now, they're just taking it. Uh, That was one thing I liked most about Nas last night is like some shots weren't falling. And yet he still keeps like no hesitation taking the shots he's supposed to take. And it just keeps your offense flowing so much better. Mm -hmm. We're like, yeah, it didn't go down, but like it was a good possession. And good possessions tend to build up one another regardless of result. Like I and I, I think I've seen that with like Nikhil, like you said, like the big one in the fourth, it was like, Shot fake on a closeout, one dribble over, no hesitation. I'm pulling it. Mm-hmm. Um, Nas did that like five times, even if the other ones didn't fall. And then he hit a big one in the last you yep. know, five minutes left or whatever. Like, I, I think all of those guys are now comfortable in what they're doing and confident. And I think that's starting to show a little bit more offensively. I mean, and it is like a not to not to like harp too much on it, but like the biggest problems for me in the second unit offense were when you had Shake and Kyle out there and neither one was playing confidently. And it's really Boom. hard when you have two guys like that. And now you don't. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's not to say like Shake couldn't come back in and really help this team at some point in the year. But clearly offensively, his confidence was a little shaken. Kyle really struggled with this shot. Um, now, like, it, it just seems like everybody's pretty confident and sure of themselves. And, like, things right. just flow a little better. It's it's a couple games here now. Like, it's when the reserves have come in that, like, offense has kind of started to jumpstart a little bit, um, which is – not something I necessarily would have expected. Well, last week, two weeks ago, whatever, I've been talking about the offense and like thinking that this team needs more of it, obviously, like numbers wise, it, their average offensive team. But I also started thinking about how it was like, it's been two Finch years, right? Where like January for like the month of January, the team has been number one in offense. I, I'm not, yeah, that was at least one year. Um, right? For sure happened two years ago. I don't remember if it happened last year. It might have. Um, I think I that was like sure the two years ago. Yeah. It, I, I'm pretty sure. I should have looked this up. But um, I think it's been a pattern for the last two years where the team has gotten substantially better offensively come January. And I would say that's kind of like a Finch thing, maybe, of getting an understanding of what the team needs or needs to get rid of maybe to like your shake and Kyle point. Okay. Let's scrap that. Let's do more of this. Let's do more of that. Like, um, do you think that that could be coming? Like, do you think in January this team could be sixth in offense or something like that? And, or I guess is my way of saying, do you think they are turning a corner offensively into becoming a team 
where we don't go, that's the weakness here is mediocre offense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to come down to like, uh, the, I have no doubt that they will find the right mix, like the coaching staff and whatnot, like, because I do think Chris Finch knows offense and um, it does, it is like slow starting offense. And he's always said 20 to 25 games and they've now played 25, um, mm. you know, as far as like their offense, their concepts, what they like to do, that's how long it takes to kind of set in. So this would be that time frame. Um, mm. I do think so much, so oftentimes it's going to come down to like Ant and like, making the right decisions and understanding like what they're trying to do to you on a given night, whether it's right. your night to attack or get off of it or whatever. Like it, I think it is like a consistently a buy-in type thing um, of reading the game and knowing what's supposed to happen, like and executing the game plan. Like Finch has been frustrated like the first quarter um, against Dallas. I think he's like, we're just a bunch of, or no, maybe that was Indiana. He was like, it's just a bunch of game plan mistakes in the first half. So it's like, uh, yeah, you've just kind not- of been on this. I, 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 let's talk about this. Like they've been really average or losing in the, I, the first quarter. The I don't know. Quarter. It probably didn't what get better. It? it probably didn't get better. Um, no, last definitely didn't get game <laughs> last night. Uh, yeah, it probably didn't. Yeah. Against Miami. Uh, so it was like their previous eight games before that. And I guess I could have updated it this morning, but they were like fifth worst in first quarter offensive rating, which yeah. like, and it's so funny because you look at the other teams who are bad in first quarter offensive rating and it's a bunch of teams that have lost a bunch of those last eight games. And the Wolves in that span were seven and one and now they're eight and one in the last nine. It's a terrible first quarter offense. Um, and, it, and it looks bad. And it's like, he thinks they're like easing into the game. I do. I just think there's something too. And Carl, I think agreed with this more and Finch was like, I'm not giving these guys any excuses. Um, but uh that because of like they have Carl, because you have Ant, um, because they, you still have to decide what you want to do with Rudy and whatnot, you don't know what a defense is going to bring for you, especially the first time around in the season, the first time you're facing a team, what their plan is going to be, of who they're trying to take away, how they're defending Carl, like who's the matchup on Carl? Are they going to like really just bring guys in and, and help and like clog up the lane? Like what's their plan for Ant? Like, and then that dictates whose night it is um and i think it might take them a little while to feel it out sometimes i think last night is a perfect example of that and just i'm going mostly off of just listening to jim peterson on the broadcast who's at shoot around he was talking about how carl like before tip off he's like how carl's gonna take the jimmy matchup right and then he and then the heat end up starting kevin love because he i think the wolves anticipation was jimmy was going to start at the four and they were going to go just one big and four wings or whatever. And then Kevin Love scores or starts. And that kind of scored too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he scored too. Um, but that kind of like shifted probably the Wolves' whole like scripted beginning game script that they were like going for. Right. Um, in that Because Finch definitely has those. We're like, you know, we can tell they're trying to get Carl buckets or whatever. Like, Last night, yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm sitting there like the first like eight possessions and I'm like, what? Why is Rudy Gobert not set a single screen? I mean, it's just like you look at the Miami defense and you go, what is the most obvious area we can puncture here? It's putting Kevin Love in pick and roll coverage against Rudy Gobert. Like, and and it was like three, four, the first three, four minutes, they didn't run it at all. And then I don't know if it was Finch or Mike just called it. They ran that empty corner thing where yep. they just cleared it out and it was Conley and Gobert. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the first one was the rolling dunk. Uh, to go bear the next one they ran it the very next play and it led to a Jane mcdaniel's dunk and it was just like i'm like what? this this is it like this was the matchup you know and i think they didn't know that maybe that was some some uh some scripted stuff there but i think that goes to your point which is they need to figure out who 
is guarding them and how they are guarding them. And then they need to get into it to critique it. Like they could get into some of that stuff faster. I don't think it should it take the entire first quarter to be like, okay, this is what we're going to get to um, offensively here. I think it way too often is like, all right, our plan to start the game offensively, whether it's like, I mean, how many times have been like, we're trying to involve Carl earlier. And then he picks up two fouls or something and that breaks down. And then it's like, all right, second half of the first quarter, Ant just goes into takeover mode, which he hits takeover mode like 40% of the time then and 60% of the time he doesn't. Right. And and I think that's what it is, is it's not knowing exactly what you're wanting to aim at. And you want to like do the thing where you're like, this was our plan. We're good enough to be able to execute it yeah, and do it. Right. But maybe they don't have that uh, that level of offensive personnel to be able to do that. And you need to be able to uh, uh, adjust on the fly because I think that's what happens in the third quarter, right? They know what the opponent is doing. They adjust accordingly and they come out gangbusters. I think a lot of it is knowing. Yeah, That's when you see the talent discrepancy, you know, oftentimes in these games, like really jump out is like when they know the matchup and they have the right plan in place for it. It's, Mm -hmm. it totally is. I, I think you're right. I think that, I think that's kind of it with any coaching though. Like, I think if you, if you put together like a script, a start of the game, you want to at least run it through a few times, you know, like I, I don't think that's yeah. rare. I don't even know if I'd expect that to change. Like it's something that is, I mean, they, like, they know what they're doing. So it's like, that's what yeah. I'm always like, whenever it's something that we're like on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, you know, like to start the game, they're like, okay, we know we're doing this, 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 and this, let's just run through it, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and then if it's like, okay, and now it's not working and we see it's not working and right. we know why it's not working. Um, now we'll get into something else um, where I think as an observer, like two possessions in, we're like, why don't you just do that? It's like, <laughs> they'll get to it. Um, it we'll probably get, is one we'll of those things. It probably is one of those things where like, Coaching is just not as simple as like, why don't you just For have sure. them do this and this? It's like, well, we have to convey that message, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, we, did, we didn't take a timeout. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And you're not going to burn a timeout in the first three minutes of the game yeah. when it's four four, you know? Like, because it's just I don't not... know, man. Sometimes when it's ten to two, though, I'm like, maybe we should. <laughs> yeah, but that hasn't even hit that often this year. Uh, Dallas, but the Dallas game. That's it, no, it did in Dallas. No, I know, no, I know. Right. I, I remember that one instance, uh, <laughs> but I mean, Miami pulled away eventually. But like, it was a slow start for both teams offensively uh, last mm-hmm. night before. That's on That's a true. rhythm, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I think, yeah, you'd like it to come faster. I think there's probably a reason why it doesn't. Um, they get there eventually. I know they're all like, got to start faster, got to start faster. It's like, you'd like smart. to, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and that's, and I don't, I really do think like when Finch is like, well, we just don't come up with the same pop or just turn the corner as hard or whatever. I'm like, it doesn't look like that. I, I almost think it's like, it is, that's a product of like uncertainty, you know, of like, yeah it is like kind of seeing how things play out and then it's hard to be as aggressive. Uncertainty uh, is indecisiveness, right? Yes, what, what do we yes. say all the time? Like the best thing for this offense is it's, you know, one of the things we love about Nas, right? The decisiveness. Once that. the 0.5 second mentality that everybody talks about in basketball, like, <laughs> but when you, but especially when you think you're probably attacking something that's not quite there, you know, like the matchup isn't that favorable to it because you maybe miscalculated how you were going to, how they were going to come out and defend. Like it's harder to have that mentality. Today's show is brought to you by Doer Jeans, D-U-E-R, and I'm excited to tell you about Doer Jeans because it's the type of clothing that I wear, professional and polished, but comfortable. I'm excited to wear my Doer Performance Denim Jeans to the next Wolves home game, and I really think you're going to want your own pair of Doer Jeans because I just promise you they become that pair of pants that when you open the drawer, you choose them over and over again because you love the way they feel. Doer Jeans are durable and flexible without sacrificing comfort or style. 
Plus, they're antibacterial, which equals less washing. They have temperature-regulating fabrics for all-day and all-weather comfort. And the all-weather performance denim is wind and water repellent, while the fireside denim is fleece-lined and great for staying warm. Dewar clothes are sustainably crafted to last a long time, so I know they'll be a staple in my closet for years to come. Dewar jeans are one of a kind. They'll make a great holiday gift for you and for those on your holiday list. You can check out Dewar's flagship stores in LA or Denver or online at shopdoer.com slash Moore. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off site-wide when you use my special URL, shopdoer.com slash Moore. You will want to take advantage of this because Dewar never goes on sale. Don't wait to get 15% off. Go now to shopdoer.com slash Moore. Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And HelloFresh is the meal kit I actually use to get fresh pre-portioned ingredients sent right to my door. Obviously, the holiday season is hectic. Just more things that you have to do, places you need to be, and thus less time you have to go pick out groceries at the grocery store to make a home-cooked meal. Have you been to the grocery store this month? It is a nightmare in there. But here's the thing. I know for me, life isn't going to just slow back down once the holidays have passed. So I'm going to keep using HelloFresh once the holidays are done because it helps the structure of my day, the structure of my week. I like that I don't buy takeout as often when we're making HelloFresh. And because of that, I'm saving money too. If you get HelloFresh this month, you can actually save money with fresh recipes delivered rather than takeout coming to your door and you're gonna get the right amount of food that fits you with pre-portioned meals so you're not throwing away loads of excess takeout that has been sitting in your fridge for a week go to hellofresh.com slash dane more free and use code dane more free for free breakfast for life one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active that's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash dane more free with code dane more free That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 
All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, physicality. Um, you know, I'm in these games against teams that are at full strength that stress the Wolves or even beat them. Um, you know, I'm always trying to log in my head why, right? What what did what did they do? The Sacramento game uh, really sticks out to me. That was that was pace, right? That was the the speed of which the Kings play with and, and getting into the half court and the speed in which they move the ball um, in the half court. I have that logged in my mind of like, all right, that's uh, either a weakness right now or or something they're going to get need to get better uh, at defending to be an even better team than they are right now. And I put down the physicality uh, as as another one of those things uh, with this Wolves team. Obviously, in the fourth quarter, second half, they they played uh, a lot more physical, but it's another one of those things. Much like trying to get Gobert to move east west. Um, by passing and playing fast and decisive that I think physicality is going to be in the scout of like, you know, risk some fouls against this team to, to take them out of their rhythm, out of their spot. I mean, in the first quarter, Bam was on cat and he just blew up like three post-ups. He was just like, no, you're not going to catch the ball here. And yeah, you, you know, a different ref, maybe that's one or two of those is, is called a foul on, on Bam. But, Again, you think about the playoffs, they're going to let more of that physicality stuff go. And I don't want to say this necessarily is a weakness of the Wolves, but I'm not ready to say physicality is a strength by any means uh, for this team. So when they do play a team like Miami or maybe Philadelphia uh, on Wednesday, or I can't think of who the team would be in the West that might in the playoffs might really be able to to do that in the Lakers or something. Um I'm noting that in my head of like, is that is that an area in which this team can get better? Can you be a big team and a physical team? I think they need to to reach their aspirations, right, of, of being one of the best teams in the NBA uh, in in the playoffs. What, what do you what did you just take from the physicality of that game and the the physicality of this Wolves group? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, like obviously it wasn't necessarily there in the first half, but like I think defensively it's a physical team. I, I think I yeah. think they a lot of times you're right. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about the offensive side. I agree. I agree. I, I just mm-hmm. want to put that out there. Like, you know, like Jane to some extent, but obviously like Rudy is sets a very physical tone defensively and like will hound you on certain possessions and, yeah. and be keel certainly as well. Like um, so defensively, I think they're a physical group. I think it's almost jarring sometimes to see like the way that physicality on the other end then bothers them and gets them like out of their sets or whatever, like just kind of their rhythm where it's like. They're like bothered and they're like looking at the refs and whatnot. Like that's foul. It's like, okay, you guys are doing the exact same thing on the other end. Like yeah. you got to be prepared and like adjust to like what's happening on your end. It's, it's oftentimes being officiated the same way. Like, you know, like they're both, both teams are being very physical and like, and that is going to be playoff basketball. So I do think they have to quicker acclimate to physicality when they see it. Um, but I, I think it, it's hard in the regular season to acclimate to it because, you know, three out of every four teams don't play it. Um, you know, like sure. it's just a lot of times it's just not the same level of physicality. And so things you're used to kind of operating how you're used to operating. And then when some other team does like get into your space more and there's a little bit more bumping and shoving, which like maybe the wolves are accustomed to bringing on their end of the court, but not accustomed to seeing. Uh, I do think there's just a little bit of like a period of like, what is going on here? You know, uh, and, <laughs> and certainly, and certainly like last night uh, yeah. they figured it out um, mm-hmm. and, and coming out of the break and, it well, just like better handled it. But like it is, we have seen it a few times now where like it frustrates them. Um, mm-hmm. 
to a to a large degree and then that's when you especially when you're frustrated now you really aren't playing like as smart there are more turnovers and whatnot as we saw in the first half like silly things because you're playing out of frustration and you're discombobulated so like Mm -hmm. i think maybe like when you go into a game maybe like when you go into miami you should be like in the mental headspace of like that's what we're gonna see Mm -hmm. um especially in the playoffs as well like this is what's gonna be so let's just be ready for it um yeah they i think it's encouraging for them that they acclimated uh but yeah you'd probably like to see them not be so as it has a couple times this year, like they've just been thrown off by the opponent's defensive physicality. And it's like a fine line too, right? Like, so like, am I pining here to, for Carl Anthony Towns, Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, and Rudy Gobert, all of whom have been in foul trouble a bunch recently to be more physical. Like I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a fine line and it, and it, it goes both ways, but I'm watching that first half and I'm like, well, you, you like, you're going to lose if you don't play more physical. So it's kind of like, at some point, yeah, that that comes with a little added risk of of foul trouble. Um, but I don't know. I, I I think when you feel it, right, you know pretty early on that this team is going to be trying to fight you. It's like if you're Carl, it's your first post up. Like, how many knuckles did you get in your back here? How far did Bam push you out to the perimeter? And you know, and you kind of like operate accordingly. But it's a it's a yeah, it, it is a fine line and. I don't know. Maybe in the playoffs, they are going to be a foul trouble team. They, that very might well be the case. And maybe it's a case that they do need to have nine guys in the rotation, even when, you know, when you are playing a good team or when you do get to the playoffs, because it will probably be nightly in a playoff series that one of Cat, Jaden, or Rudy, maybe Ant, get in foul trouble. Wouldn't you like a seven game series? Wouldn't you anticipate that one of them in every, all seven games would be in pretty severe foul trouble? I'd probably anticipate in a is given a certain matchup that Jane would be in foul trouble in like five of seven games. Uh, you know, and then I and then Carl it, Carl, like it's it's it totally is like it's just a little extra stuff, like offensively. Yeah. It's like and I know it, that's like it's a thing, like it's always a thing, but it's like it's not like defensively, it's like he's picking mm-hmm. up five fouls, you know. So for him, it's just continue to work on like playing in control. Like if it's if you have to work, it's almost like if Bam's pushing you in your back and whatnot, I would just be like, Okay, maybe I should be used in a different way tonight. You know, like because I, I am, like that. I am yeah. neutralizing their best defender, like sure. in this thing. Like we can almost just play a little bit more Again, like dude. four on four basketball. Get in the yeah, corner, yeah, exactly. Get in the corner. Let's, let's play four on four basketball without their best defender. Not for the you whole know? game, like, just yeah, for right, like a little right, bit. You know, right? yeah. exactly. You know, because then they would probably change matchups and whatnot too. You they know, would. like I, I, it's it's almost like a it's like a Mike Conley approach of like they're being. How do I use their aggressiveness against them? It's like not not how do I combat it? Not how do I just sit there on offense? particularly like not how do i like oh he's bumping me well, i'm gonna elbow him you know it's like no how can we use their over aggression to get easy things for ourselves yeah. because there is like aggression does come at a cost it's like judo or whatever right right uh, as long as you don't as long as you don't have a rudy gobert like saving your butt at the rim everybody yeah. else being over aggressive can be exposed um yeah so like play with your head sometimes in those situations and not you know not get into a like an arm wrestling contest basically right. Uh, the, the only other thing I have like written down here is, can we stop talking about Kyle Anderson as potentially getting traded? Like it, that is, oh, yeah. is just like, he's been so good defensively, like yeah. so good. And, it, and the literal only thing they have against zone defense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Which yep. that is just annoying to me. It's like, it, they, they got to find something else other than, you know, I mean, it's great, but Kyle's really good at it. But like, 
your one isn't and only. It, like, isn't it funny that like you watch what Kyle does against the zone? It's like it's not like rocket science, and it's literally what you were taught in fifth grade. <laughs> Somebody gets to the middle, we get the ball in the middle, and now everything collapses in. Like it's literally like I remember yeah. like. Sixth grade traveling basketball, we had one play, and it yeah. was to get somebody in the middle, and somebody yeah. would roam yeah. the baselines yeah. in the short corners, and then it's yeah. just like it. But everybody's so not used to doing that. That yeah. Kyle then like gets the ball, and there it is a good decision maker, but like very simple, you know. So it's maddening when only one person can wasn't do it. that, but like in the second quarter, weren't you like, oh my god, like yes. they're never they're never gonna get out of zone here. They're never yep. going to stop because it was. And just... we've seen the Wolves do that to other teams too. Yeah. We're like, they've gone zone and it's like, these, this team has lost their mind. Yeah. Uh, and that's where like back when they didn't have like a Kyle, we'd watch them play against the zone. It was like, you guys look so dumb right now, you know? And But I've seen now them do it to enough Malik other teams. Beasley's just standing on the other side of the floor. Yeah, throw it over here. Throw it over here. It's like, dude, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but I, NBA teams just have a hard time against zone yeah. defenses if you what? don't have like, and they're good. They're a good zone defense because they play the gaps and yeah, like, it's an aggressive so well. And the Wolves yeah. are like they're not as technically effective as a zone defense, but they're so long and that like they're in the space of everyone right. when they're when they're in zone two. So like yeah, zone zone can be pretty hard to play against. Like yeah. even even in the NBA because it's a it's a totally different thing. And I think just like watching the rest of the league is a lot of teams who face a lot of zone, like they don't, they don't only run Kyle Anderson at the nail, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you still run a pick and roll and you like, you screen that top defender and you know, the other guy is going to be there, but you like, you still get into actions, you know, a little bit more than just like no dribble passing all the way uh, around the the perimeter. So that, that's like a, an area for growth. uh, And and this team too is is zone offense, but Anderson, man, like, I'm not trading that dude. <laughs> yeah, it's just that Finch, I mean, Finch, Finch loves him. Yeah, yeah. Quit. Finch Chris loves Kyle Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if Kyle goes through like a even when Kyle struggles, like that was like the most hilarious, like when I think Britt asked at once when Kyle was definitely struggling. And he's like, Are you concerned about whatever? And Finch, like when Carl's gone through struggles or whatever, like has given him like a long-winded answer, but he's got to do this and this or whatever, but he'll be get there. Kyle, he just goes, Yeah, I'm not worried. And then he just said things like, Yeah, I'm not worried. Yeah. Just said it like twice, and that was all he said. And that was, it was like next thing, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it wasn't no, was no like Rudy's like I, it's it's because it, it is just like the thing in Finch's head. He's like, yeah, would I like Kyle Anderson to again be making forty percent of two threes a game? Yeah, but if he's not. He's still. It's not that he doesn't provide value. You need to make some accommodations, like you said before. Okay, let's not play him with Shake, the other non-shooter right. of this. I think they're playing him. Less with Rudy. I actually want to look that up. I, I feel like the the frequency of his minutes. We're, we're, I mean, we're seeing a lot of that. Cat, uh, Nas, Kyle. Yep. Front court every game, and you know, and and that makes sense. And Kyle's your one non shooter out there um, in in that lineup configuration. Whenever it's him and Rudy out there, uh, it's two non shooters. And last year, Kyle was kind of a shooter, so that wasn't yes, the case. Yep. You know, big difference. And that's that's the yeah, that's that's the difference there, but. I just, I mean, I know this is hard for you, but I think we need to set sail to the idea that Tyus Jones is going to be on this team uh, after the trade deadline. Because you got it, Kyle Anderson would need to be in that trade. And yeah, yes, that I, would, I just, it would have to be Kyle and like a shake or something. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't see how you could part with Kyle. I, I mean, it really is. I like, mean, you think Tyus Jones, and it, again, huge Tyus Jones believer over here, like, 
Tyus Jones would be less impactful for this team than Kyle Anderson would be. I agree. And and I do think there's something there's just like and Kyle and Tyus Jones is a very smart defender, but like I just think yeah, that yeah. just the tons of different perimeter wing defenders that you can throw at guys um who can play like smart, physical, whatever defense. Like I think that is a huge part of this team's success. And mm-hmm. so like sacrificing any of that, um, it would yeah. just be too big of like um uh, I don't know. I I, I just trade think, off, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's you're just sacrificing a lot for mm-hmm. like a little bit more playmaking in the second unit where maybe you don't need it, you know, like um on, on a night to night basis. The zone thing, like for me, the Wolves play zone against teams that can't shoot. I mean, that they do that a it lot. Started against often. San Antonio. That was yeah, the yes. game. And yep. they were like, and, it was so hand at point for yeah. Yeah. And they were like, yep. okay, this is our this is our thing against teams who can't shoot. Yeah, against yep. Teams. And but like so when teams do it to the Wolves, I'm like, I mean, especially right now, it's like you have at most one non shooter on the court. Like it should be fairly simple to break it down but it's just yeah and i would say i think it's something you just naturally probably get better at over the course of the season you i agree. find more things uh that that you're able to do against it but yeah. they did it, they did um what was it i think miami did it like one possession to end the half or something uh they just came out after like a dead ball and and they came out in zone and Minnesota ended up with like a layup to Nas under the hoop. And it was one of the better possessions I've seen mm. out of them. It was the end of quarter or something. It was off of a dead ball. Well, was that that McKeel play we were talking about? Yeah, that was zone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was zone. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was exactly it. Yeah, that one exactly uh-huh. when we talked about. And I was like, wow, like I thought Miami yeah. was smart to come out in zone. And Minnesota really did a nice job dissecting it. Maybe the learning lesson is the the play of like, you know, they're generally in that like two uh, in the corners, Kyle at the nail, two guards up high. Yeah. Like maybe it's cutting activity of yeah. the of the baseline guys there right um, and if that's if that's carl and Nas, like you can just like can be like a walk through interchange right like hey i'm here you know yeah. okay, not yep. me and Nas yep. or go the other direction i mean it's just it's uh it's not just about like ball movement is great against the zone but if you can get some body movement in there too it at least makes the defenders needing to be like all right Nas cut back up me last time like i need right. to be aware for this the time after that. And and I think that that's just hammered home on film stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's, and it's, and it's, it's reps like, because like you said, like the interchanging and the cutting and like, at like the baseline, like you both have to be on the same page for that, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and cognizant of it. And that can come from reps and experience and just going over it more and more. Like, mm-hmm. so on offenses, it looks so bad at the beginning of the year. It's like your last thing on your list. I'm sure right. as things you're trying to implement and run through. Um, and like probably spent more time than we wanted to on zone offense. But <laughs> No, it's it's a thing. It's a it's a or it was a thing in in that game. And quite frankly, I'm kind of surprised Miami went away from it as much as they did uh, in in the second half. And maybe the Wolves did something to break that that I didn't uh, pick up on there. Can can I hit one prize picks ad break here before we before we close this down? I just want to show absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh look, they got a so John Morant makes his, oh, it's his debut. Set. Yeah, I don't know why it says one thirty on there, but um, PrizePicks.com, PrizePicks. Oh, app I think it's a it's a discount that only goes until one thirty. Okay, okay. So John Morant's first game back. There's two TNT games tonight. Uh, it's Pelicans, Grizzlies, and then I believe it's yeah Celtics, Warriors. So I figure you know some of you listening uh, are going to be watching those games on on TNT tonight. We uh, obviously partner with PrizePicks here, and it's just just kind of fun. I think in a night just like tonight to put together like a little slate of being like, okay, I think John Morant has uh, a big game scores more than 20 and a half points. And I think, uh, I think, you know, Drew holiday scores more than 12 and a half points there too. Just those two right there. Those both hit. 
Uh, you get three to one uh, on your money there. We talk a lot about these in the NFL when Jason and I do this or Kyle and I do this. But the, the NBA ones are fun, too. They got a bunch of, like, funky ones, little things to, that you can be tracking, too, like made three-pointers. Is is Jeremy Sohan going to not make a three tonight? Okay, yep, let's go less than 0.5 uh, three maids, threes made tonight, those sort of things. I, I really, like, five bucks, you know, five bucks do a – have something uh, going on in the game when you know it's going to be uh, a a national TV game that you're sitting there watching. That it's probably not a Wolves game because they're not on national TV very often. But if you're doing that, I, I think this is just like a fun little uh, extra thing to do, uh, kind of like a fantasy basketball type of thing. Prizepicks.com, Prize Picks app, promo code Dane for a $100 sign up bonus. Why are you smiling at me over there? I was just like, because you're like, I done nfl but the nba is spawned in my head i was like because as dane noted he is done with the nfl now yeah that's true he's done with the nba <laughs> no i yeah yeah i, I am. now 25 games into the timberwolves season he has shifted his focus from the nfl <laughs> to the nba officially oh, i'm just gonna stop being like ah oh, you know it's thursday night i'll watch chargers raiders you know see now now <laughs> thursday instead of watching saints rams he's gonna watch timberwolves lakers yes yeah yeah now now we'll be at the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, all right, Jace, uh, give me a good one on uh, Wednesday uh, against the Sixers. I actually haven't caught them much recently. I'm going to watch. I think they played the Bulls last night. I'm going to probably watch that sometime Bulls won uh, that game? today. Think, the Bulls won? Yeah. I, I actually you know, I haven't I even. I think the Bulls won. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I beat his questionable with a hamstring, but he did play, and I think he posted big numbers, And but the Bulls won. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That, I mean, I've been seeing the Embiid numbers have have been nuts. That'd be another like uh, fun, interesting. How do they match that up? One, you know. Yeah. Do you do the Jokic thing? Yoke? Do you? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't either. It's not the same. It's not like Embiid's less likely to pass out of it. Um, and it's Batum versus Gordon. You yeah, know, like yeah, it, yeah. it's a it's a different a different proposition. Maybe see both of them. But yeah, I just think Rudy on Embiid makes way more sense. I do too. Well, I was the one who I thought like the whole playoffs. I'm like, why are we putting Carl and, uh, and Jokic and doing the Rudy thing? Just have Rudy go, Jokic, just what? Uh, I was wrong about that. Oh, really? Uh, that, In that a five-game series. Maybe you're where they would have won. Yeah, exactly. Hire me. I'm done with the NFL. <laughs> Come on, bitch. <laughs> uh, that'll be a fun one. Um, yeah, I'll no pod on, on Wednesday morning because we bumped Jace up to today, but Britt and I will talk on Thursday morning about the, the Sixers game. And then Kyle and I will talk about the Lakers game uh, on Friday morning. Yeah. Until then, follow, read Jace's stuff over at the uh, at the Pioneer Press. Obviously, following him on Twitter at Jace Frederick. Thanks for doing it, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, until, yeah, Thursday. Right, Jace, right. Until Thursday with Britt. He's Jace. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.